everyone. This is John Martinoni, and you're listening to Balaam's Ride on WQOH 1480 AM in Birmingham, Alabama, or from anywhere in the world that you might be online at www.queenofheavenradio.com. Welcome back. We've had a, uh, a little hiatus here due to travel on my part, weather, technical difficulties and such, but I think we've got them all ironed out, and uh, hopefully we'll be having this program on a fairly regular basis each and every Wednesday morning at this same time, 11 a.m. Central Time, 12 p.m. Eastern Time, and 1600 Greenwich Mean Time for those of you listening in the various parts of the world. Again, this is Balaam's Ride, the Edge of Catholic Radio, and this is part two of a program we that uh, part one first aired, I guess, back in December. It's called uh, Genesis and Evolution, What Do Catholics Believe? And for those of you who didn't hear the first part, which, by the way, is uh, podcasted on our website, BibleChristianSociety.com. If you go to BibleChristianSociety.com and click on the radio page, You'll see part one, what do Catholics, uh, Genesis and Evolution, what do Catholics believe there, along with the other shows that we've done. And uh, part two will be there, uh, well, you're probably listening to it there right now. Anyway, um, if you didn't hear part one, I want to uh, let you know that uh, we're going to do a little recap of that in this first segment here, and then we'll get more into part two. What we talked about in the first radio program on this topic, Genesis and Evolution, what do Catholics believe, was that uh, there are basically four views you could take towards Genesis and evolution and, and creation in general. Three of the views Catholics can believe, one of the views, which it will be obvious which one, Catholics cannot believe. So the three that Catholics can believe are known as young earth creationism, and this is the belief that uh, God created everything out of nothing, and Adam and Eve in six six twenty four hour days, just like it's uh, exactly like it says in the Bible, a literalist interpretation of the Bible, so to speak, in, in Genesis one and two, and that these six days, once you add up how long Adam lived, and then how long Seth lived, and and his, Seth's children and the, the line of Seth and then down to uh, Noah and then from Noah to Abraham and the fact that we know from Abraham to now is about, oh, I don't know, 4,000 years, give or take a few years. You come up with the uh, belief that uh, the earth is about six or 7,000 years old, somewhere in that time frame. That's, called, that's why it's called the young earth creationism because the earth, in fact, the whole universe according to young earth creationism, is only about six or 7,000 years old. The next belief that Catholics can uh, hold is old earth creationism. And as I said last time, I am an old earth creationist. <clears throat> Excuse me. And old earth creationism basically believes what the young earth creationists believe. God created everything out of nothing. Uh, Eve was created from Adam. They were created in an original state of holiness. They were immortal, etc., etc. Uh, except old earth creationists believe that what the six days of creation, the account of that in Genesis, is not a 
literal six 24-hour days, but that each day simply represents some passage of time. And old earth creationists, for the most part, generally don't say exactly how much time passed for you know each of those that each of those days represents but just that some time was passing was it a million years a billion years well or just an age of the earth however you want to define that doesn't really matter all all we say is that the six days represent the passage of time in some way shape or form and what we use to one of the things we use to scripturally justify that is that uh, in Scripture, I think it's in First Peter, talks about, or maybe it's Second Peter. Can't remember which one right now, but talks about how a day is as a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is as a day. Well, actually, a day is as a million years to the Lord, and a million years as a day, and a day is as a billion years to the Lord, and a billion years as a day, because God is in one day. God is in the eternal present. So all of time is one day to God. So whether you're talking a thousand years, a million years, a billion years, doesn't matter. So that's, that's one of the scriptural justifications that we point to. Uh, and there are other things, which again, you can hear more about in part one of this. Third, the third belief that Catholics can hold towards Genesis and evolution and, and creation is called theistic evolution. This is the belief that, yes, God created everything out of nothing, and but that God used evolution to bring us up to the point where man came into being. In other words, that he didn't create man's body just in a special creation, that he used evolution to bring uh, man's body up to a point where there was a, a pre-human animal, I guess very human-like animal, that at some point in time God stepped in and, and gave that animal a human soul. So he, it's called the ensoulment. God ensouled Adam. He didn't create his body out of nothing, out of the, the dirt, the clay, as it says in Genesis. He used evolution to bring a body to man and then ensouled that pre-human body with a human soul, and then did the same for Eve and, and so forth. So that's how Adam and Eve were created. Well, again, this is something Catholics can believe in because the church has not definitively ruled on the what and how of creation. Just certain things that the church teaches about creation, nine things, which again I mentioned in part one of this, God creating everything out of nothing, special creation of man, woman created from man. They were created in an original state of innocence and holiness, and they were immortal because death had not yet entered the world, because sin had not yet entered the world, and so on. Well, and that that's where I want to point out right now that um, these theistic evolutionists have, have some problems when it comes to church teaching. Now, they're not necessarily insurmountable problems, but they're problems. For example, if you believe that evolutionary processes brought you know, the animal kingdom up to a point where God then ensouled this very human-like pre-human animal with a human soul, and thus we have Adam and then Eve, well, the problem is, is that 
the church teaches that Eve was created from Adam. You know, as as it says, uh, uh, a rib was taken from the man. Now, was it a rib or was the rib merely a uh, a metaphor for something else that God did? We don't know for sure, but we know and the church teaches that Eve was created in some form or fashion from Adam. And this just the same uh, as and that was a type for Christ in the church because the church was created from the side of Christ, just as Eve was created from the side of Adam. So the church, in a sense, is the new Eve, uh, represented by Mary, and then Christ is the new Adam, which it talks about in in Romans, uh, was that chapter 5, I believe, Christ being the new Adam. So uh, theistic evolutionists have a problem there, because under ordinary evolutionary processes... You cannot get Eve from Adam. just doesn't happen that way. The second problem theistic evolutionists have is that Adam and Eve, the church teaches, church teaching now, not John Martinoni's teaching, church teaching, Adam and Eve were in a state of original innocence and immortality. If they had not sinned, they would have lived forever. That's church teaching. You can find it in the catechism and elsewhere. So, again, normal evolutionary processes where you have these, you know, the fishes become the amphibians, become the reptiles, become the small mammals, become the larger mammals, etc., up to man, well, that can't account for all of a sudden you have these two human beings that are immortal. Just cannot account for that. So, what's a theistic evolutionist to do? I don't know. I haven't heard any explain those things. Now, you could say, okay, evolution operated up to a certain point when man was ensouled, and then God, through a special act, after he created Adam and Eve, he he allowed them to live forever until they sinned. And God, through a special act, created Eve from Adam. Maybe, you know, there's an exception to the evolutionary processes here. But my question is, well, if you've got exceptions there, why do you have the evolutionary process in the first place? If you can't get Eve without evolu- with evolution, you can't get immortality with evolution, then why do you get, you know, why do you believe that God used evolution to create man? Uh, so those are some of the things, so those are some of the questions that I have, and I haven't found any answers. I've read uh, a number of articles from folks who are theistic evolutionists, and uh, you know, I think you've got uh, um, Father Spitzer out there. I think people like Mark Shea and others. And I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying I would like some explanations, and maybe I need to get some of these guys on the radio. So if any of you listening to this know these guys, tell them say, hey, John Martinoni wants to talk to you on his radio show about uh, theistic evolution. Um, and uh, maybe we can get some answers, some explanations. And uh, But again, Catholics are allowed to believe all three of these, either of these. You can be a young earth creationist and be in good standing with the church. You can be an old earth creationist and be in good standing with the church. And you can be a theistic evolutionist and be in good standing with the church. But uh, the thing you can't be, and this is the fourth view you can have of 
creation and, and Adam and Eve and evolution and so forth is atheistic evolution, which kind of speaks for itself. Atheistic evolution just completely removes God from the picture. There was, you know, the earth, the universe, matter, all created just, well, they weren't created. They just came into being by pure, dumb chance. That's it. All of the universe, all the materials in the universe, all the materials that make up the stars, uh, the planets, the cosmos, they just, poof, popped into being one day. Actually, it wasn't one day because there wasn't time. Uh, so they just popped into being all of a sudden at some point, uh, this point they call a, a singularity. It just all came into being out of nothing. How did that happen? Well, they don't know. Uh, you know, and then this point, whether if you believe in the Big Bang, whatever, just however it did, started expanding into the universe that we have today and created the sun, the solar systems, the galaxies, the planets, etc. How did all that happen? Well, just pure, dumb, blind chance. And then at some point on our planet, after it was formed by pure, dumb, blind chance, life came into being from non-life. How did that happen? Again, pure, dumb, blind chance. Just happened. Anybody ever see anything like that happen? No. And that's the problem with atheistic evolution, is that they claim to be scientific, but they actually believe what they believe on faith. Because you have scientific hypothesis, or maybe even theory, it may get to that point, about these things. But the scientific method is one of observation, and then you form a hypothesis, and then more observation and experimentation and a lab or, or something... And then the theory, and then as evidence mounts, if you can prove the theory, then you've got a proof. A lot of things don't get that far. A lot of them remain theories. But so you have observation, hypothesis, experimentation, more observation, and then theory, and then maybe proof. Well, let's start with matter coming into being from nothing. Has anyone ever seen that? No. Ever any scientific experiments ever shown that that could happen? No. Has life ever come into being from non-life in a laboratory experiment, or has anybody ever observed it? No. So why do they believe it? Because of science? No. Because of faith. Why do they believe life came into being from non-life? Because of faith. Has anyone ever seen one species transform into a completely different species? No. Why do they believe it? Science? Mm-mm. Faith. All right, we're going to talk more about this topic here when we come back from the break. This is John Martinoni, and you're listening to Balaam's Ride, The Edge of Catholic Radio on WQOH, 1480 AM in Birmingham, and online at queenofheavenradio.com. We'll be right back. Did you know that the license tag on your car could save a life? Purchase a Choose Life tag for your car and help a local crisis pregnancy center in your county. By purchasing a Choose Life tag, you not only will have a rolling billboard on your car that promotes life, but 100% of the funds help your local pregnancy center provide free services to those women facing a crisis pregnancy. So get your Choose Life license tag and join thousands of others who are promoting life in our state. For more information, go to ChooseLifeAlabama.org. And thank you for choosing life. 
Hi folks, Patrick Crabtree here with Crabtree Computer Services in Vestavia. By now you know that we at Crabtree can handle any of your computer and technology needs for a low cost with fast and friendly service. But instead of listening to me, why don't you hear it from our customers? This is Dr. Peter Van Hoy. I'm a plastic surgeon at Premier Plastic Surgery in Birmingham. We've been using Crabtree Computer Services for over eight years for all of our technology needs. They service our PCs, our servers, and our backups. They also manage our website for Google Marketing. Patrick and his staff are knowledgeable, courteous, and fast. I highly recommend Crabtree Computer Services. They've done a terrific job for us. So give Crabtree Computer Services a call for your next computer or technology need at 205-824-7722. That's 205-824-7722. Or come see us on Highway 31 in Vestavia, just across from Mark's Outdoor Sports. We guarantee our work, and we guarantee your satisfaction. If you have a car, truck, or some other vehicle that you don't want anymore, but you still think it's worth something, why not donate it to Double WQOH, Queen of Heaven Radio. We accept most vehicles from cars to boats to motorcycles and turn the gift into support for all the great Catholic programming you love. And it's a great tax write-off, too. Just log online to queenofheavenradio.com for more details or call 1-866-628-2277. Donate today. Our whole universe was in a hot, dense state that nearly 14 billion years ago expansion started. Wait, the earth began to cool, the autotrophs began to drool, Neanderthals developed tools, we built a wall. We built the pyramids, math, science, history, unraveling the mystery that all started with the Big Bang. Since the dawn of man is really not... All right, the Big Bang. That is... One of the theories for how the universe uh, not necessarily was created, but how it uh, got to be how it is, you know, all matter came into being at this tiny little point called this singularity. It just poof, popped into being, according to atheistic uh, evolutionists. And then it all exploded and it's ever expanding since then and, and so on. Most of you are familiar with the Big Bang Theory, which most of you are probably not familiar with the fact that the Big Bang Theory, again, theory, not proof, came about from a, or, or was put out there by a Catholic priest. Not a lot of you, I bet, know that. Big Bang Theory, Catholic priests. All these people say, oh, the Catholic Church isn't scientific. They, they have faith over reason. No, it's faith and reason. A lot of, lot of scientists, a lot of important discoveries throughout uh mankind's history were because of Catholic scientists. And the same is still true in recent uh, years, decades. Okay, uh, getting back, we're talking about... Oh, by the way, this is John Martinoni, and you're listening to Balaam's Ride, The Edge of Catholic Radio on WQOH AM 1480 in Birmingham and surrounding area, and online at Queen of Heaven Radio. Dot com. We've been talking about Genesis and evolution. What do Catholics believe? And this is part two of the series. Part one is uh, podcasted on our um, uh, website, BibleChristianSociety.com, BibleChristianSociety.com. Just click on radio and you can get it. And went over the what we talked about in the first uh, part of this series, two-part series, in, in the first segment today, now I want to get more into what I didn't get that much of last time, and that's theistic evolution and atheistic evolution. 
but before I do, one quick thing about um, young earth creationism. One of the problems with young earth creationism is not just that it seems to go contrary to generally accepted science of the day, which I'm not saying necessarily that the science has got it right, you know, because the, the young earthers, they've got their own science that they put. They don't, they don't just say, oh, that's what it says in the Bible, so that's it. No, they have what they believe is scientific evidence as well. But the generally accepted science from today, whether it's uh, scientist or Catholic, Protestant, atheist, uh, Buddhist, whatever, uh, is saying one thing while young earth creationism science is saying something else. Plus, they have scriptural problems in the fact that, you know, for the first three days, they have evening and morning, first day, evening and morning, second day, evening and morning, third. Well, it's not till the fourth day that the sun and the moon are created. And without the sun, you don't have evening and morning. So there's some scriptural problems there as well. Scriptural problem with old earth creationism is that, well, you know, Bible says six days. And old earth is saying, no, four billion years is the age of the earth or somewhere around there. So what's that? So you've got some problems with all of them. And again, the church has not ruled one way or the other. Theistic evolution. Again, theistic evolution is the belief that life evolved from lower forms to higher forms. Macroevolution, or what I call interspecies evolution, after God's creation of the earth and the heavens out of nothing, as it says in Genesis 1. But at some point, God stepped in, as I mentioned earlier, and with a special creation of Adam and Eve, which was an essentially an ensoulment, if you will, of pre-existing human-like creatures, animals, that God put a human soul into. Did he do this at the point of uh, creation, at, at the, their conception, or when they were born? Don't know. Have, again, I've got, I've got to get a theistic evolutionist on. I want to get an atheist on, too, and talk to them. But uh, God used, according to this belief, God used the process of evolution to get us to the point where he finally stepped in and put a human soul in two human-like creatures. However, it must be noted that theistic evolutionists do not believe that all of creation simply came to be as a result of chance. All right? Don't, so you cannot lump them together with atheistic evolutionists or Darwinian evolutionists who rule out God altogether and just believe in blind chance. So, in other words, they do not believe, theistic evolutionists do not believe, and Catholics cannot believe that God had no part in this. So they do believe God created everything out of nothing, but that he just basically pre-programmed our, our genetic code to where evolution resulted in what we now have as our bodies. Okay, so theistic evolutionists, unlike young Earth and old Earthers, accept the science of evolutionary theory. And they tend to look at young Earthers in particular, but also old Earthers, as being a bit backwards for not accepting evolutionary theory. And theistic evolutionists are, are a bit more accepted by the prevailing culture than young Earth creationists and old Earth creationists, but that acceptance is not complete by any means, again, because they believe in God, and many in the culture today, and especially evolutionists in the culture today, do not believe in God. Uh, but, again, the theistic 
creationist or theistic evolutionist have fewer problems with the scientific community. But they do, as I mentioned, as I alluded to in the first part of this program today, they do have some pretty big problems with the Bible and with church teaching. Again, the church teaches that Eve was created in some way, shape, or form from Adam. Exactly how that was done, we don't know. The Bible says a rib was taken from Adam. That could just could have been a rib. That could have just been a metaphor for God using Adam's DNA or something along those lines. Pope John Paul II, I think at one point, said he, he thought God took Adam out of existence momentarily and created Eve from Adam and brought him back into existence. So was it a rib? Is that a metaphor? doesn't matter. The church teaches that God created Eve from Adam. So that's a problem for evolutionary theory. Unless, being a theistic evolutionist, you say, well, God stepped in and did a special creation of Eve from Adam. Which then the question becomes, well, then why have evolution? So, so if all mankind descended from our first parents, Adam and Eve, uh, how does that fit with theistic evolution? I mean, it doesn't fit with normal evolutionary theory because evolutionists believe that uh, mankind, well, they used to believe that mankind developed from these pre-human hominids at several different places around the world. Then that got narrowed down to no mankind, all of mankind developed from these pre-human hominids in just one part of the world, but it was from a number of these pre-human hominids that man developed from, not just one or two, not just an original pair. Although now evolutionary theory through the use of genetics is getting closer and closer to what the church teaches and what Genesis teaches, because you may have heard of this uh, mitochondrial Eve that geneticists say all mankind descended from this one woman, and they call her mitochondrial Eve. Plus, genetic theory now states that all of mankind descended from one particular male. They call him Y-chromosome Adam. The problem was that they had uh, mitochondrial Eve and Y-chromosome Adam living probably about fifty or 60,000 years apart. Well, recent genetic studies done this past summer in 2013, <coughs> excuse me, show that, well, it seems that there could have been this 10 or 20,000 year overlap of time where mitochondrial Eve and Y-chromosome Adam could have lived at the same time, or at least in this same 10 to 20,000 year period. And I'm betting you that before I die, that during my lifetime, hopefully I'll live another 30, 40 years or so, that it'll be coming closer and closer that the band of time within which mitochondrial Eve and Y-chromosome Adam lived will be narrowing and narrowing until people will start thinking, hey, maybe they li did live at the same time, which, again, getting closer and closer to church teaching. But current evolutionary theory doesn't believe that all of mankind descended from an original pair, so theistic evolution has a problem there. So how do you integrate that church teaching on Adam and Eve, that all humanity descended from Adam and Eve, into a belief in theistic evolution? 
And this last point is so important because if all mankind does not descend from an original pair of human beings, then that impacts our belief on original sin, on baptism, on salvation, on the, necess- on the necessity of Christ coming to die for our sins and so on. In other words, it strikes at the very heart of our religion. And I have even seen uh, some of the theistic evolutionists it seems that they're trying to find a way to, to believe in polygenism, which is this belief that Adam and Eve were not just this one original couple, but that they merely represent or they're symbolic of a number of original couples from which mankind descended. Now, I haven't seen any of them cross, take the leap completely into polygenism yet, but uh, I don't know how you can do that, considering that the church teaches that all of mankind descended from Adam and Eve and, and the church teaching on original sin that, that this one couple made committed this sin and that that caused our nature to become a fallen nature and that that fallen nature is transmitted through sexual reproduction to all of humanity, all of Adam and Eve's descendants, which would be all of humanity. So again, theistic evolution has some problems Not when it comes to current scientific theory, but definitely when it comes to the teaching of the church. So you got to watch out for that. All right, we're going to be back next segment and start talking about atheistic evolution. This is John Martinoni, and you're listening to Balaam's Ride on WQOH 1480 AM in Birmingham and on queenofheavenradio.com on the Internet. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. We're here today to ask people about marriage. For starters, what's the best thing about being married? Who I get to stay married to. (laughs) Togetherness. To me, is having a companion. My favorite thing about being married is that I have a partner. Do you think your marriage is good for more than just the two of you? Uh, Does it influence those around us? Yeah, I think. In a positive way? I think so. I would hope that people would see that uh, when we're together that we really have a very true affection for each other. What everybody wants, and we know we're lucky to have it. The energy we give out in our home, I think, spreads out to other people. Your marriage just continues to go on and on and on. Oh, sure, and it affects generations after us. I think it really sort of stabilizes your whole community. It's the cornerstone of a society, right? Sounds like a good marriage goes a long way. It touches a lot of people. Want to improve your marriage? For ideas, go to foryourmarriage.org. A message from the Catholic Church. Holy rusted metal, Batman! Is that the Batmobile? It's sure seen better days, Batman. You're right, Robin. But who would want a 50-year-old car with fins? Holy toll-free number, Batman. You can donate it to Queen of Heaven Radio. Great idea, Robin. Uh, How would I do that? Easy, Batman. Just call 1-866-628-2277 or log online to queenofheavenradio.com. Quick, Robin, to the Batcave. Cell by cell, multiplicating, copying DNA through our generations. Sometimes it's not copied right. This causes change and if it's beneficial Species breeds and passes on its genes And so it goes In evolution Yeah, 
It's evolution Yeah, it's Darwin's revolution And it teaches us the history of life. Where do you get this stuff? I tell you, that's good stuff. I'd never heard that before. Okay, we've been talking about uh, Genesis and evolution. What do Catholics believe? And this is part two of a two-part series. Again, you can hear the first part uh, on our podcast page at the Bible Christian Society website. It's BibleChristianSociety.com. Just click on radio and you can hear uh, part one. And then here is part two. And we've been talking about... Uh, Young Earth Creationism, Old Earth Creationism, Theistic Evolution, and we, we did Old Earth and Young Earth Creationism mostly in the first part, revisited it some here, just took on Theistic Evolution, delved into that a little more deeply. Now I want to delve a little more deeply into the fourth possible position on Genesis and Evolution, which I've already mentioned, is Atheistic Evolution. And again, this is obviously not a position that Catholics or any Christian can take because atheists believe that the universe just came to be. I mean, it was just there. Poof, we have a universe. No rhyme or reason to it, just pure blind chance. No God, no design, just pure, dumb, unguided, blind chance. Obviously, atheistic evolution is something that does not fit too well with what the Bible says, but it fits right in with many in the, with what many in the scientific community believe. But just because many in the scientific community accept this position, it doesn't mean there aren't any problems with this view. There are. <coughs> Excuse me. One of the problems is that a number of proponents of atheistic evolution have developed what is basically a false dichotomy between faith and science, or between faith and reason, I should say. They don't fully appreciate, nor do they understand Catholic teaching and thought on these matters, all of which causes many atheists out there to believe that by proving, quote-unquote, evolution, or by proving, quote-unquote, that the earth is billions of years old, that they have effectively discredited the creation stories of Genesis, thus causing the Bible to be discredited and therefore and in all Christian religions to be discredited. But as I've talked about here today, nothing could be further from the truth. There is no problem in Catholicism between faith and reason. Catholics can believe in an old earth and they can believe in evolution. That is not problematic. Those are not tenets of our faith that, oh, there is no such thing as evolution. It's not a tenet of the faith that, oh, the earth is 6,000 years old or 7,000 years old. No, the church has no dogmatic or doctrinal teachings on these matters. They say those are matters for science. So for the Catholic, there is no tension between authentic faith and authentic science. There might be for the fundamentalist. I don't know. But there isn't for the Catholic. Honest science does not scare us as many atheists believe it does. So many people have been taught that science is the enemy of religion. But that simply is not true. And another problem that atheistic evolutionists have is something I've mentioned earlier as well. It's that the raw materials of evolution had to come from somewhere. 
and they have no scientific explanation for it. As I mentioned earlier, the scientific method, you observe something, uh, then you create a hypothesis from your observation, then you try to uh, have further observations, either out in the field or in the laboratory through experimentation. Then if you get enough evidence, you can move your hypothesis to the level of theory. And then there may come a time at some point where you have enough evidence and you can do it just right to where your theory becomes a proof. But they only have hypotheses, maybe theories. I don't know if it would amount to that as to where did the universe come from? Where did matter come from? How did it originate? Why is there something instead of nothing? These are questions that atheistic evolution has difficulty with, whereas theistic evolution or creationism has no similar difficulty. Now you might hear the atheist say, well, if all the laws of the universe are in place, then it could possibly happen that matter just comes into being. Okay, my question is, where did the laws of the universe come from? Where did the laws of physics come from? The laws of thermodynamics, the, the gravity, the laws of gravity and so forth. Where did all these laws of physics come from? You know, they're just there? Well, according to the atheists, they are. But that's not scientific. That's depending on faith not science. I have faith that the laws were just there. You don't have any, any evidence that they were just there, that they've always been there. You have no experiments in the lab that show they were always there. You have no observations that show they were always, always there. What do you have? Faith. Atheism depends a lot on faith. Don't forget that. Because I'm maybe start a little movement here, maybe saying, you know, atheist, atheism is a faith. And since uh, we can't have faith in our classrooms, because that's, oh, we all know that's bad for our little children's minds to have faith in something. But if atheists want to get the Christian faith out of schools, well, then let's get the atheist faith out of schools. You know, it doesn't belong there. It's a faith. But, okay, these are some of the problems of atheistic evolution but for me personally the biggest problem with atheistic evolution is this question of this doesn't depend on science as much as it depends on faith you know and and let me just say again my personal leanings in all of this i am a old earth creationist and old earth creationist as i've already mentioned i currently do not believe in evolution or rather I don't believe in interspecies evolution or what we call macroevolution. I believe in microevolution, where natural selection causes differences in, in uh, species, and you might have birds with different sized beaks and such like that, that that evolve based on you know the environment around them. That's microevolution. I believe in that. You can see that. You can you can go out and, and make observations of that in, in the field in nature. But I do not believe in macroevolution, one species evolving into a completely different type of species. Why don't I believe in it? Is it because of my faith, because I'm a Catholic, because I'm a Christian? No. As I've said, my faith allows me to believe in it. 
I don't believe in it because I don't believe the science is there. The science has shown that this is indeed fact. I just don't believe it. That's why they call it evolutionary theory. You know? So it's not because I, uh, I'm a Bible fundamentalist that, oh, Genesis 1 says this, so the earth has to be 6,000 years old. No, I believe the earth is billions of years old. I believe the universe is billions of years old. I don't believe in evolution, although there are Catholics, many Catholics, who do believe in evolution. So I'm not bound by my religious beliefs to reject evolution. So this is not a theologically based position I hold. It is a position based on scientific evidence or the lack of thereof it's a position based on the scientific method and on probability as i'll talk about in a moment and for me common sense but i just want to say because i know there'll be people listening to this going this guy's an idiot what a doa there'll be atheists listening going ah this guy doesn't know diddly well i'm open to having my mind changed okay I'm saying the evidence is not there as I see it, but I'm teachable. So, Mr. Atheist or Theistic Evolutionist, teach me. I'm going to have some questions here and these problems that I've raised about, you know, why do you believe in evolution? Why do you believe uh, something came into being from nothing? Why do you believe life came into being from non-life? Uh, so, and why do you believe one species evolved into another species? No one's ever seen it. No scientific experimentation has ever reproduced it. So you believe it based on faith. If you will have the honesty to admit that to me, then I think we could have a good conversation. And I'm willing to put you on the radio as well. So I'm open to being, having my mind changed. I won't say being proven wrong because I'm not saying that I'm necessarily right. I'm saying this is my belief at this point in time based on the evidence that I currently have as I understand it. So, for, I readily admit, folks, I'm not a scholar or an expert when it comes to biology, physiology, anthropology, genetics, statistics, or any other scientific realm that deals with the issue of evolution. <clears throat> but again, what it all boils down to for me is I simply have questions that I cannot find any answers to from any evolutionist, whether they be atheistic evolutionist or theistic evolutionist. I'm not getting the answers to my questions. And I've asked these questions. And I've gone online looking for answers. And I've asked atheists, give me these answers. And I don't get answers. And I've asked the questions a number of times. And again, I have never been given an answer. For instance, I remember seeing the chart in my high school biology class, or textbook, of a small monkey evolving into a larger monkey, evolving into an ape, evolving into a larger ape, evolving into a human being. Well, guess what? Now that's all changed, and the current thinking is that human beings did not evolve from apes like it used to be thought just 30, 40 years ago. But that apes and humans actually had a common ancestor known as a hominid, a small ape-like creature. So the science, quote-unquote, of evolution has changed in the recent past. Hmm. Well, remembering that chart from my biology textbook got me thinking. I've heard a lot about the ape to human or hominid to human part of the evolutionary chain. But what did the hominid evolve from? It seems kind of easy to go back one step in the chain. But what about two or three or four or five or six steps back? What did the hominid evolve from? 
A dog? A cat? A badger? What? And what did that animal evolve from? And so on. All of this got me asking about and looking for a comprehensive evolutionary chart, which no one's ever given me. But I'll talk more about that in just a moment because we've got to take a break. When we come back, more on atheistic evolution. This is John Martinoni, and you're listening to Balaam's Ride, the edge of Catholic radio, here on WQOH 1480 AM in Birmingham and on queenofheavenradio.com on the Internet from anywhere in the world. Stay tuned. Hi folks, Patrick Crabtree here with Crabtree Computer Services in Vestavia. By now you know that we at Crabtree can handle any of your computer and technology needs for a low cost with fast and friendly service. But instead of listening to me, why don't you hear it from our customers? My name's John Herod and I've been a very satisfied customer with Crabtree for the past three years. I have their Forget About It plan for my home PC where for one low monthly fee, Crabtree monitors my PC for remote and keeps it updated and running really fast. And whenever I have any problem at all, and I've had my share, I call them, and they come in from remote and fix it right then and there. If they can't fix it from remote, they come on site and fix it for free. Crabtree does a great job. So give Crabtree Computer Services a call for your next computer or technology need at 205-824-7722. That's 205-824-7722. Or come see us on Highway 31 in Vestavia, just across from Mark's Outdoor Sports. We guarantee our work, and we guarantee your satisfaction. My father always kept this huge chunk of metal in his garage, a boat that used to float. Wow! I told him that... It would be so charitable to donate this boat to Queen of Heaven. Wow, what a tax write-off. All you have to do is call them at 1-866-628-2277 or log online to queenofheavenradio.com. Wow! Cell by cell, multiplicating, copying DNA through our generations. But sometimes it's not copied right. Now this causes change, and if it's beneficial, species breeds and passes on its genes, and so it goes in evolution. Yeah, it's evolution, it's Darwin's revolution, and it teaches us the history. All right, this is John Martinoni, and you're listening to Balaam's Ride, the edge of Catholic radio, and we're talking about Genesis and evolution. What do Catholics believe? And the last segment and this segment, we're talking about atheistic evolution. A few more things I want to get to before we get out of here. We've got about uh, five or six minutes left. So these questions that I've asked of atheistic evolutionists and theistic evolutionists, although more atheistic evolutionists, uh, I've asked the questions of. As I ended the last segment, what did the hominid that we supposedly evolved from evolve from? And what did that animal evolve from? And what did that animal evolve from? Ask an atheist which reptile is the direct ancestor of man. Because it can only be one reptile. Because evolutionary processes could not have occurred from two completely different reptiles and both of them led to a man. One reptile we descended from. 
what well let's go back even further what fish did man evolve from you know i've asked again for this specific evolutionary chart atheist evolutionist darwinist have had 150 years or so to come up with a chart and all they tell you is well you get these one-celled organisms that came into being from nothing they developed into multi-celled organisms which developed into larger multi-celled organisms which became uh i don't know um, invertebrate which became a vertebrate or something along those lines which eventually became a fish fish eventually became an amphibian amphibian became uh, a reptile reptile became a mammal small mammal then small mammals grew or became bigger mammals became bigger mammals monkeys a hominid whatever into man so i ask give me the chart that shows man's lineage don't just say man's lineage is from smaller mammal or from hominid to smaller mammal going back to reptile to which reptile which amphibian which fish you believe, Mr. Atheistic Evolutionist, that man evolved from a fish. Well, which fish? Oh, you don't know. So you believe that man evolved from a fish based on science? No, on faith. You believe man evolved from an amphibian on science? No, on faith. You believe man evolved from a reptile based on science? No, on faith, because you've never seen it. You've never had a, an experiment that shows this. You've never had an observation that shows this. You know, and I also started wondering other questions that I have. Why have I not heard of a species currently in existence that uh, are in various stages of transition to another species? I mean, if evolution is an ongoing process, which everyone says it is, then why do we not hear about that critter that's currently walking around out there that seems to be the next evolutionary stage or is in the process of developing into the next evolutionary stage of some other critter that's currently walking around out there. Why don't we have any living, quote-unquote, missing links? Why don't we have some animal that's half of this animal and half of that animal? Why don't we have that? Or some animal that's one-fourth of this animal and three-fourths of this other animal that it evolved into or evolved from. Either way. I have other questions, too. Evolutionary theory posits that at some point our distant past this single-celled living organism just sprang into existence from non-living matter. Well, I have a question. What did it eat? I mean, think about it. Every living thing has to take in sustenance. So if it was the only living thing, what did it eat? I mean, you may have noticed, but living things generally eat other living things. If this first organism was the only living thing, what did it eat? And if it couldn't eat, how did it live and reproduce? Or you might say, oh, well, but it was a plant, so it took in nutrients from, well, photosynthesis. You know, most plants, not all, I understand. Most plants survive because of photosynthesis. So you're telling me that this single-celled organism that popped into being from nothing well, it had a fully developed system of photosynthesis? Or if it was an animal, it had a fully developed system of uh, being able to eat and process foods and put out waste. How did it reproduce? This one-celled being that just popped into this one-celled, you know, creature, animal, plant, whatever, popped into existence from nothing with a fully functional reproductive system? You know, oh, I think I'll split in half now and make more of me. How did that happen? You know, where's the evolutionary? I mean, that's a huge evolutionary leap. 
How did that happen? And we know that evolutionary theory is all about thousands of genetic mutations in a particular species that occurred over millions of years that result in a new species eventually emerging. Well, if you think about it, how do you go from splitting in half to reproduce to, to asexual reproduction to sexual reproduction through a process of thousands of small mutations? I mean, isn't uh, this pretty much an all-or-nothing process we're talking about here? And yeah, I know there are some animals that can reproduce asexually and sexually. But how did that happen? I mean, how did that go from splitting in half to getting to asexual reproduction? You know, how do you go from asexual reproduction to sexual reproduction? How do you go from uh, an animal laying an egg to uh, and the, the embryo developing outside the animal to an animal having a womb, a uterus, and the unborn developing within the animal. I mean, one generation that develops asexually has to give birth to the next generation that, uh, or one generation that reproduces asexually has to give birth to the next generation that reproduces sexually. That's a huge leap, but it's got to be in one generation. Going from not seeing to seeing. You either see or you don't see. Yeah, there's light sensitivities that old people, these organisms detect light and all. But detecting light is not the same as seeing. Plants detect light, but they don't see the light. So you had to go from eventually from an animal that didn't see to an animal that sees in one generation. Huge evolutionary leap. And I've got more and more and more and more questions like that that I need answers for. But don't have time today. Maybe we'll get into this topic again in the future. Folks, that's it. If you want more of this, like I said, just on the website, BibleChristianSociety.com. Click on radio. Go from there. This is John Martinoni, and you're listening to Balaam's Ride on WQOH 1480 AM in Birmingham and on the World Wide Web at QueenOfHeavenRadio.com. God bless. We'll see you next week.